was one of my favorite songs too. I know that uh, that song ought to get you going a little bit because of the power of the Lord. I'm just going to be honest with you. I feel like a caged animal. Uh, some of you say, John, you already are an animal. Appreciate you. Uh, but I feel caged because I didn't get to be with you last week. You were frolicking in the Hurricane Matthew. And you were, some of you had no power. You were grilling out. Some of you were just like, woohoo, vacation. Some of you that had exams were so excited that God delivered you in a mighty way. The D equals diploma and C equals degree. But I just want to say, I feel caged. I mean, that's two weeks I don't get to be with y'all. I mean, you, you know what that does to preachers? We have to start preaching to ourselves. It doesn't work out too well. Because people drive down the road and they look at you and you're yelling and screaming in the car. And they look at you and they don't realize that you're screaming at yourself. It doesn't work out too well when you're preaching at yourself. I mean, I just, you know, because it makes me think about all the things that go on in this world. But when everything is stripped away, then what really, I really understand what matters in this world or what counts in this world is Jesus. Okay, boy. All right, so, and so place I think, what counts? And, and, you know, there's all these people in the world trying to figure out what counts in the world. What counts? I, I, it makes me just think of the comedian Tim Hawkins a lot. But just, you, you, you realize people put on their cars what really matters to them. Some of you are going, I hope you didn't see my car. No, I, I haven't seen your car. But are, are you with me? People put on their car. My son, my daughter is an A honor roll student in Montessori. Elementary school, shut up. I think about that, I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I don't even know what grade my kid is in. Just like Tim said, I don't even know. My kids are homeschooled. Uh, Jacob just had a birthday Monday, he turned 10. I, I said, how old are you said 10? I said, you're in 10th grade. Great, you're going, you're going places. Like, we don't even know. Like, it's just amazing. But the biggest thing about the Lord is, is if you, you look at those things, you see what people put on the cards, what counts, what counts, what counts. And I sit there and think, what really matters? We're ending, we're ending this whole Galatians series, this whole book of Galatians, and it gets to the point what really matters, what really counts. Look at Galatians chapter 6. This is, to me, this is just absolutely amazing about what counts in the world. Galatians chapter 6. And sometimes Paul writes, and he, in, in the middle of the book, he gives you the key passage. Sometimes in 1 Corinthians, it's, and there's 16 chapters in 1 Corinthians, and in the last verse of 1 Corinthians 15, 58, he gives you what matters. But right now he's telling you, regardless of our age, what matters in life? What matters? The whole crux of everything, he comes right down to it. And in verse 14 and 15, is where we're just going to just spend some time now the passage around it explains it as well. But 14 and 15, he just comes out and he nails it. And he tells you that the whole book, the Galatians, you've been struggling with, should you live by the law? Should you not? What part does the law play in your walk with Jesus? Is the Ten Commandments your point of emphasis? Is it circumcision? This external showing that you're Jewish and that you follow God's dietary laws. Is, it, is that what it is? To really be a mark of a true follower of the greatest and only living God. What's the mark? 
And so people were confused and they said, we got to live by these laws. And we know, we know that the law is a mirror that shows you dirt. The law cannot, following the Ten Commandments does not set you free. If the law was the reason, then Jesus was not needed. The law is not the answer. You say, John, then why do we have it to show us that we need somebody who can be our righteousness so we can never do it? Paul nails it at the end. He's like, listen, if you want one thing in your life, one thing, you're in school, you guys are in school, one thing, man, everybody's vying for your time, they're vying for your attention, they're vying for, listen, it doesn't matter where we are, like, everybody wants something, and God says, listen, there's only one thing that matters, look at this, Woo, this is so good, man, I'm caged, may I never, verse 14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which he has been crucified to me and I to the world. Now, if you think that's good, it gets a little better. Verse 15, neither circumcision, this is law, this is externally showing, this is external showing of I am a believer, he says neither circumcision nor, no, uh, nor uncircumcision means anything. So this external mark of a Jew means nothing. What counts is the new creation. I was in Amherst. I was looking at this. And, and, and I want to say this. We live on campus. Oh, yeah, this is uh, God. Just, just show me. We People want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, knowledge and all this stuff. We live on a campus. We are on a campus where how much someone knows is how high they go. We, we, we live in an environment where how much somebody knows and has, how much knowledge and letters behind them and how much they know is how far they go. But John Piper, and I love him because when I saw, I fell in love with him when he, had, when he stood up in front of people and he says, I have prostate cancer and I praise God like then he had my heart. Like right then, I was like, you know what? I don't agree with you on everything, but bro, I will take hell on with a sword gun with no water in it with you. We now, the golden brow comes up, and dip, dip, uh, dip out to you later, but you know, you're on your own. I'm just, I'm just telling you straight up, like when he said that, I wanted to go, literally, I was ready to start punching, I was air punching. Boom, boom, you know, y'all see people like that. All right, so, he said this. You don't have to know a lot of things to make a difference in this world. And I'm challenging you to hear, where am I going today? I'm asking you to die to your dreams, unless they're God dreams. I'm asking, where we're going today is I'm asking you to die. I'm asking us today, where do we need to die? I'm just gonna lay out to you that this is all on Summit Church Facebook, all the notes, you can see everything, but I'm gonna lay it out to you today. Here's the main idea. If you want your life to count, you gotta live in the cross. That's the whole point. If you are, listen, I wanted you to know something. That if people think it's what we know is how far we go. I want to tell you today, it's not 
transformation. Uh, and it so happens we live in a world that's how much you know is how far you go. But in God's economy, in God's kingdom, it's who you've been mastered by. I want to challenge you today to let yourself be mastered by Jesus Christ. To let yourself be mastered by living in the cross. Because when your life comes to the point of what really matters, it's only about Jesus. You don't have to know a lot of things you said to make a huge difference in the world, but you need to know a few things that are great. People who make a difference in the world are people who have, um, are not people who have mastered a lot of things. They are people who have been mastered by, a, by very few things that are very, very great. If you want your life to count, you don't have to have a high IQ or EQ or looks or pedigree or your family be from somebody, right? That's what that means. No, be from a good school. You just have to be gripped by one thing, and that's Jesus and his glory walking in the ways of your law. We wait for you, your name and renown of the desire of our heart. Isaiah 26, 8, right? What's sad? Are you 
vacation time or your ski time and you just have these long weekends and you have a nice easy life and you die a nice easy death and just don't send me to hell, God. That's all I care about. If that's what life is all about, our lives will count for nothing of eternal value. The only way for our lives to count is we must live in the cross. You can keep your eyes open. It does not matter. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, even for the people that are up there, in the balcony, to the people that are down here, to me, that my heart is divided, Lord, and I confess to them all, that my heart is divided, that my spirit says, let your life count for the gospel of Jesus, but oh, how I long to make my life count right now. So Lord, I don't want to come with any wise and persuasive words. I want to come with a demonstration of the spirit of power. So I bow before you because you're my king. And Lord, I ask that you not only fill me with your Holy Spirit, but that you explode your Holy Spirit on us today. Lord, I just want us to count for Jesus. So, Lord, here we are. My eyes look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. My eyes look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Give us clean hands and a pure heart and a soul that will never lift up an idol. Nothing except Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to see where areas in our life we need to let die so that you can live. And by the way, when we think we have no life, you're the God of resurrection. So Lord, let your strength be shown today. I pray for us in this room who are believers that Lord, we will be strengthened so strong today and so encouraged today that all the weight of the world of all the bills that we have to pay and the people we have to meet and job things that we have to do and the family responsibilities we have to do or the books that we have to read or the tests that we have to take or the loans that we have to pay may they pale in comparison to the God who's going to take care of us in every and all things. So I pray today giving our sins and our hearts to you and that Lord you have seen made known and felt in Jesus name we pray all the saints said what? Galatians 5, 6.14 May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The only way for our lives to count is we must live in the cross. And let me just say what the Spirit was showing me. Why? And what's interesting is the preposition. For all you English majors here, here's what's interesting. May I never boast of anything except of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now what's interesting about that passage is this person doesn't say except in the cross. It says the cross in this passage, but here another verse says in the cross. Why is the preposition in there? Why is it not upon the cross? That preposition. Why is it not on the cross? That preposition. Why is it not about the cross? Because the word I am is very interesting interesting in that passage, except in the cross, because I believe the Spirit of God is telling us something, that it's not, the cross is not a location, the cross is a place.
about Jesus. I'm living in, the Bible says, in him, in him, in him. Right? Ephesians, just right for it. Right? Act, act for it. In him, in him, in Christ, in Christ. It's in him everything changes. It's living in the cross. It's not a place where that's the cross and this is me and I'm just looking at it and trying to feel some effect from it. No, I dive into that place. Why? Because in the cross is a place where death and life meet together, family. The cross is a place, the Holy Spirit showed me, where blood is poured out and blood is poured in. Let me break it down for you. His blood was shed so that we could have forgiveness of sins. But his blood also is poured into me because it's his blood is the new covenant. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, we proclaim that. This is where the place where we get the new creation. It's living in the cross. And life wants to take you in your academics and in your high school and in your college and in your grad school or in your jobs or your retirement. Life wants to take you everywhere outside the cross, but it is in the cross. Living in the cross is where life matters and there's eternal value to why you and I are here and what we do has everlasting value. It's life changing for us. It's life changing for people. It changes everybody around us. It changes what we think. And we're the ones to bring a little 80s flavor. We're the ones who bring the noise. You don't know about public enemy, but I do. We're the ones living in the cross. So where I go here at CSU, or where I go to Goose Creek, or wherever I go, since the cross is in me, the world is dead to me. And so when people speak death, I can come back with light. And the last time I looked, that light drives out darkness, and darkness don't define us, we define it. So if somebody says you ugly, y'all know about that dance. <laughs> That's the song. That's the old people like, let's be talking, man. This is a song, sorry, I got carried away. So I can't send the waitress. All your students fall. What happens is, is when we live in the world, we become new. And God makes everything new. And so it's not just blow away in January, it's a new year. I want to hear all stuff. It's a new year. It's a new year. But why do we always do the same thing every year? We watch the ball grow. Why don't we do something new and explode the ball?
That's good. <laughs> you know what it is? See, we don't talk about this. Y'all gonna hear a song. So I know when I like talking to middle aged people, you wanna know what? Because I, I start throwing out old songs. I throw out an old song and all of a sudden they get this look like this. So I'll throw out a little song like, She's my weekend girl. Like that girl. Y'all even know what I'm talking about, a little SOS band. Y'all have no clue. Look it up. It's called YouTube. Now I turn around, I thought I little song they go like this. Oh. I'm like, that song just took me back, didn't it? They're like, yeah. Yeah, you know that mind is going right back to memories. Why? Because sometimes the present is not as impactful as the past. And it should be that way in Christ. Because in Christ I'm a new creation. It's Christ for a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I love that passage because it speaks such powerful life to us. 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is the one saint. Let me say it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is the what? The old has gone. And the... I mean, listen. The new songs are be better than the old songs. Listen, I love hymns. But where are the dead that are coming when we see something that's just as powerful or not more powerful than Amazing Grace? You say, well, John, you can't top Amazing Grace. I might not be able to top Amazing Grace, but somebody ought to have a new song that tops that old song. Nothing wrong with the melody. Some of them, it. A cross is a place the Lord showed you a collision in which something has to die. That's why Paul said, I'm not going to boast about anything except in the cross. Because it is in the cross. When we live in the cross, the world is dead to us and we are dead to the world. Don't look for the world to give us validation when we already got the king who already has given us the validation. The world will not validate what you and I are doing for Jesus. But if we look our eyes to him, if we take our eyes off of this and we put our eyes on him, then all of a sudden, when all I need is a knock from God, if he smiles, I'm okay. The cross is a place of collision where something has to die. Listen, you can't be in your school and, and living in the cross and there not be a collision of the world and Christianity. I didn't say you had to be hard for God. We got enough of them people. I was thinking of a certain station where hair got big and colorful, but that's all I understood. I'm just saying, we don't need to be hard for God. The gospel is offensive. We don't have to be. Not what we can say. So my point here is this, is that he said, cross is a place of religion where something has to die. And then the Lord showed me this. It is a cemetery and a delivery room. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The cross, living in the cross, is a cemetery. It is a place where worldly relationships and worldly goals and worldly desires will bow and die. They won't just bow, but life will be taken out of them because we'll stop breathing things into dead things and start breathing in the Holy Spirit who gives life to eternal things. It is a delivery room where God begins to bring birth. 
resurrection. I love what uh, Hayden Jacobs was telling me today. Backstage, he said, you know, pray, sometimes people pray for God for delivery or deliverance, but they don't want to stay in the place of development. Because what happens is, and it hit me when he said it, it hit me. We want God to deliver us from the evil one. But God don't develop me. Because you know what development means? It means some things got to change in my life. God's going to let you and I hit walls. God is going to let things happen to us because when we are in a place of weakness, therefore we're in a place where we're open to what God can do. And so sometimes things go wrong for us so we can actually look to Him. We can make it right. And it's a delivery way. Living in the cross is a place of constant death and constant life. And by the way, just when you think God can't show up, He will show up. I love, I love also what you said. Uh, Hayden reminded me about gold. Uh, Hayden, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said this about gold. Uh, for gold to be pure, it has to be heated to 1400 degrees. So living in the cross is a place where things can get hot, somebody. I already told you the Holy Spirit makes you hot. So if you, if you don't have a day, you ought to be like really going hard after Jesus. I just want to give you a, this is on the down low, a little tip, uh, a little flavor, a little, this is a little hint. If you want to, if you want to, you want to have a day, just follow Jesus. I'm telling you, uh, you know what I'm saying? You'll, you'll never know. Now, now here's the thing. Uh, he might send you somebody. You're like, I'm not sure. But you know, when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, guess what? He begins to blow your mind. So I'm just saying, be ready. Be ready. Well, here's what happens. So he puts us in a place of uh, living in the cross. It's a place of 1,400 degrees. Probably in the is refined about 1,400 degrees. And if that's the point, then here's what happens. God puts us in a place where it's hot. But when things have already been dead to us in the world, when things are getting hot, we can keep walking because we can say, hey, I've been through hot. That was good. I mean, if it's 700 degrees, we left because that's only half what we've been through. When we're in a place where God is refining us into this pure gold, so our hearts are pure in front of Him, so there's nothing else in our heart, heart that would give us joy to Jesus Christ. If it's a place of 1,400 degrees, when things go wrong around us, we can say, God, I here's what I know. I can make it through because it's not hot enough. Y'all want to go back to gospel, gospel, say, look at your neighbor and say, hot enough. But you know, some of y'all may be going, mm, hot enough. <laughs> that's what we're worried about. Some of you know, we don't want to, that's why I tell I write about y'all all the time. Side notes, that y'all are the ones who ask me, say, and ask me here to see if you want to tell me. Tell me about people, someone, I said, they're the best people in the world. I don't want to come anywhere. They're like, really? Why? Because they were the ones at the bar taking the fist of liquor and going in against the wall. Those are my type of people. They're like, I'm like, yeah, they're the ones dancing on the tables, going to the party, wrecking the houses. Those are my type of people. I said, we invented house party. But see, that's what is amazing. People that are on fire for Satan can be down on fire for the Lord. So, Katrina, I don't know if I told you this. So I got a word this week on Thursday from somebody. Somebody, I just... The only reason I want to say this is because I want y'all to know where I'm coming from. Somebody was saying that, let's be real, somebody was saying that, that, you know, that, that, that I preached from emotion and, and manipulative. That's kind of hurtful, right? 
And so I just want y'all to know something. That I only preach the same way I coached. Let me break it down for you. If I went that hard for Satan, why can't I go that hard for God? I don't preach from emotion. I just let my emotions be seen because I preach from conviction. Whether my emotions are high or whether my emotions are low, Jesus is still my Lord. But I'm going to tell you this, when I'm preached by Jesus, I'm going to go all out. Because if I went all out for Satan, then i got to go all out for what's better than me. And that's going to be my Lord. And so I want you all to know that the new worship war is not over style of music. The new worship war is between uh, people that believe in free will. This is, the, this is the battle in theological circles, especially on this campus. Trust me, utterly insane. Because I just want to say, there's only one who's good, and that's God. And so the battle, the battle is between reform and free will. And so sometimes people that are highly reformed, not to come here, but highly reformed, people sometimes don't like emotional stuff. They think that that's manipulation and stuff like this. And I'm just saying, listen, I don't want Jesus to be seen. I want him to be fed. That's where there's power. And so I just want y'all to know that when I'm preaching all out, it's because I have one audience, and his name is Jesus. And I want him to look at me. When I get done, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You gave me everything you had. And I feel if I can do that for him, then I've done well. Because every time that I preach, it should be like a new creation. It should be like a new sermon. It should be something new and fresh. And so I want to see so we have gone through everything new. And so what does the cross, what dies at the cross? Or should I say, what uh, I should say, what, what, what dies in the cross? And what dies in the cross is me. What dies in the cross is me. Romans 6, 4. If you take your finger, give it there. Turn your Bible, turn to Romans 6, 4. This is where Elevation Church, you know, wrote the song, Raised to Life. Our shame was great, you know the bridge. Our shame was great, but Jesus is, yeah. Verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a what, saints? A new life. Because here's what happens. Living in the cross means anything can be new. Living in the cross means if you're single, it can be new. Living in the cross means I just lost my job. It can still be new. Because living in the cross means that God has got me and the world doesn't. And so we live by that, and that is why we walk by faith and not by sight. Now let me just break it down for you just a moment. So what does it mean to be in the cross? Can I just give you five quick things? Are y'all ready? I'm going to try and bust on this. Woo, I got to go. Time flown by. Some of you are like, I'm hungry, John. Hurry up. Okay, I'm with you. So what does it mean to be in the cross? What does it mean? Galatians 6, 14, look at it. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, which through the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. That's the Galatians 2, 20. For I'm crucified with Christ, and yet I live. Not I, but Christ lives in me. Now I live, I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. But love me, and give himself for me. That's, that's the idea behind it. We're crucified because we live in the cross. And the only things that can come in the cross are the ones that Jesus was going to resurrect. Eternal things. First, being in the cross means resurrection and life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If there is a new creation, then there must be a death. What dies is the world. Every 
Nothing is impossible with God. That's what it means to live in the cross. Ah, sin. You were telling me today about Stephen Furtick's sermon about he was interviewing God and he had a circle. And he, in the circle is, is me. Right? Right? And so in the circle is me. And then the circle gets bigger and the second circle around me is shame. Right? I, I don't uh, get well. I don't play well. I don't preach well. I don't make it school good on a test well. Or, or I'm not doing well in my job or doing well in a relationship. Or I'm single or whatever. You might feel like that's a, that's a bad place to be in with And so the second circle is a place of shame. A failure in a marriage. I don't care what it is. It's the second circle is a place of shame. So then it moves to a third circle where we put on masks. So we put on masks to cover up the shame. So we put on masks, like we're trying to be funny, or we're trying to be hip, or we're trying to be cool, or we're trying to be this, or we're trying to be the best at this. It's, it's a mask, so nobody can really see who we really are. But see, what happens when you live in the cross? It's a new creation. It's a new place where things happen. Look at 2 Corinthians. Oh, we got to go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Excuse me, chapter 5. All right, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have and what, saints? Listen, I'd rather have a building than a tent. This tent, this tent, our bodies that we live in, is being destroyed every day. Our bodies, our bodies, as we get older, what happens? Our bodies begin to decay. Slowly begin to decay. Second law of thermodynamics, right? The whole idea. But boom, boom. What goes out must be restored. So what happens is our bodies are being broken down, but God says, I am making you a building that will last forever. You will have a new body, a resurrected body that will stand forever because there's nothing, nothing is stronger that can beat my presence. And where my presence is, is also my covering. And where my covering is, my people are protected. What dies in the flesh, but what lives is our spirit. Look what he goes on to say there in verse 2. Meanwhile, we grown longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found in. And sometimes we feel so exposed. Sometimes we feel so weak. But God says, don't worry. Don't worry. All these things that you're going through, it's just so that you can not just show Jesus, but that people can feel Jesus. Because they don't read the Bible, they need us to read the Bible. But we don't just read the Bible, we live the Bible. Because we don't just walk by faith, but just we live and walk in the Spirit. So number one, first thing in the cross means a resurrection and life. Number two, second thing in the cross means obedience. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 9. Second means obedience. means all of a sudden we want to do these things. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. So we make it our goal to please Him. Whether we're at home, that is, we're not... Don't be with Christ in the body or away from him. We make it our goal to please him. Look at the third thing. The third, being in the cross means love. Living in the cross, living in the cross means now we have to go to love. What did Jesus do? On the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they want. Yes, it's a place, it's a place of love. It's a place of forgiveness. That's why when we sin, when, listen, God's already got it covered. Does he give us a license to do more? It gives us a license to trust him. It's a place of love. Jesus said in John 15, 13, no greater love is this than a man lay down his what? That's it. Because it's a place 
where love can happen. So living in the cross means that I'm going to look at these people right here, and I'm going to lay down my life for them. Because what? My life is already sealed in Jesus. My life already has eternal value in Christ. And so now I'm free to give my life away. I don't need people to give their life to me. Because there's already one who's done it. And his name is Jesus. He set me free to love. So now, I can love you and not lust you. Lust you is, I do something for you, so you do something for me. Love you is, I love you, and I don't need you to do anything in return. Even if you take what I give you, throw it out with me. It's okay, because God is going to restore what the world takes away. My cup runneth over. Let's go to the next thing. Looking right along. Here we go. That's that, that's that internal love. Agape love, unconditional love. Fourth, uh, being in the cross brings righteousness. Second Corinthians 5 21. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. It's living in the cross means we are right with God. It's right, we were saved. So we're right with God, the imputed righteousness of God. And listen, throw away the American dream. I'm not saying you. Don't be excellent in what you do. Do not hear me. I'm, I need you to be excellent. If you're going to be an academician or nurse, Kayla, you're a nursing maid. Kayla's up here playing guitar singing. She's a nursing maid. I need her to be a really good nurse. Why? For the Lord. So that people say, wow, she's really good. And that's a platform she can say, yeah, the only reason I'm willing to step out and give my life away is because there's one who's already done that for me, and his name is Jesus. And whether I go, things go well here or things don't go well here, blessed be the name of the Lord. Obedience can be righteousness. Jesus filled all righteousness. Uh, Matthew 3 15, Jesus' baptism. When John was trying to stop him, the Baptist trying to stop him, Jesus replied, Let it be so now that it's proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Oh, uh, the fifth thing, and there's a list. Now, this is just a, a temporary list. It's not, it's not a temporary list. It's just a small list. It's not an exhaustive list. Fifth, being in the cross brings hope. How can I tell you that? How can I say living in the cross brings hope? Let me give you one quick example. The thief on the cross. He's getting ready to die, saints. Let me put it in your life. Bank account empty, relationship empty, job empty. I don't know what to do next my life. All these things. All these things. Living in the cross. Living in the cross. Because Jesus was in the cross, not just on it, but like living in the cross. He gave that man hope when he said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. There's always hope in Jesus Christ. And when we live in the cross of Jesus, Live as believers and follow him. Guess what happens? Then we always, 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 always have hope. It's never too late with Jesus. So I've shown this video to my class and I want to show this to you. I've shown this to you years ago and I want to show it to you again. This is John Piper. You're going to see this as an old video. This is from 2000. So it's, it's fuzzy. The generations are young with me. Y'all graphic designers. It's fuzzy. I pray today that you will let the world die to you. I don't mean don't love people and love them well. I don't mean that. I mean, I know one goal is not to talk. I know one goal is not to be successful for us. I know one goal is to see glorify in and through us regardless of whatever he allows in our lives. Good or bad. 
video, this was their passion. They used to have it in May. It was called One Day. And here's a video of him begging 17 to 20-something-year-olds, and of course there's older adults that are there, begging them, begging them to live a life boasting nothing but in Billions of dollars to get you to buy. 
gives up on us. Never. What's the one thing? What's the one thing he wants to leave us with? But the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And what is our prize? The fullness of God in all truly formed. We will be in his presence. That is our prize as the Spirit of God living within us, compelling us, moving, moving us more and more in his presence. What is the one thing you need God to do for you today to move forward? What is the one thing that you and I need in our lives to let God master that has been mastering us? Listen, I'm going to be straight up with you. Uh, is your relationships mastering you? Is your, your dreams? Is that who you are? Your identity? Your, where you're going? Your, you know, career? Is that really what's mastering you? I'm not saying that we be great. I'm saying don't let your grace be your God. Do we think that we're good people? The Bible says there's only one who's good enough to follow along, and that's what Jesus said. What's the one thing you need for the Lord to be to you today? If you're in this room and you're not safe, He can be your safe and loyal. If you're believing in this room, He can be the one who's your sustainer and your guide and your deliverer. Just saying, just stay in the cross. Just stay in the cross. Stay within the circumference of the cross. Just live within the power of the Almighty. Just live within it and watch me bring newness out of where there's deadness. Because there's not a fire of death from the world that can come against the eternal, holy fire of the Lord. His fire will destroy any deathly, worldly fire that comes our way. The flaming arrows of the evil one trying to destroy you, people talking bad about you, bad things going this, things going awry. Listen, stop the focus here and start looking at the focus here. What do you need God to do? What do you need to surrender? What do you need God to be for you today? Father, in the name of Jesus, what is the one thing that remains? What's the one thing that we need to let you become master of that's been mastering us? Is there something right now, Lord, that we just need to come and just bow before you and just come to your feet and say, hey, Lord, I need you to do this one thing. I, I'm trying to move straight forward, but I just need, I need an answer here. I need a direction here. I need something here, Lord. What is the one thing, Lord? What is the one thing that people need today? What is the one thing, Lord, that's been mastering us? Has it been our jobs? Has it been frustration and bitterness? Has it been disappointments?
trust, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that God, who rose from the dead on the third day. What do we need? Maybe we need a Savior at this very moment that we're not like with you. We need to and let people know this is not, becoming a believer is not a place of secrecy. Becoming a, a believer is a place of celebration. It's a public decision. Lord, I pray for the believers in this room. What do they need? What do they need for you to be for them that they can't be for themselves? They need a new start and something new. Lord, help us to never be mastered by anything but Jesus. So we love you, we worship you, and we adore you. This is our prayer. And you make all things new. <laughs> She promised in the book of Revelation.